podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Pod two seventy eight. And sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to Vector KDK. It's Vector with Okay. And JCIS, the global researcher brand consultancy from South London. Visit JC-IS.com. I bloody well will. Oh, oh. They've, they've changed <laughs> their motto, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> Adam Sells, how are you? Very good, thank you, sir. Uh, good to have you back on the pod. Kevin thank Day? you. Hello there. You right? Ah, oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Good. Why are you looking at me like that? Because <laughs> I, I, I was, as thrown me off with the. Well, like, sorry, well. sorry, 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 sorry. Well, Chelsea, you know, for him that is really bad language. You know, in, yeah. in Edinburgh, yeah, the B yeah. word, the B word, is That's one blas- of the worst things they can use. I thought that wasn't swearing, is it? No, it's not. No, I'm not. I've not broken any rules Medieval there. Times, it was yeah, a terrible. Was that was a terrible word. It's one of the worst words you could use. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's short for by our lady. So it was a. It was a it was blasphemous. A blasphemous. Yeah. Mm. Well, we apologise to any listeners from Victoria. I do. Jesse Boyce. Pleased to be here. Good man. No swearing from him either. That's a, that's a strong start. Not now he's sober for the for the month. <laughs> Brilliant. Just libeling. He's only been on the pod in one minute. Um, so uh, Liverpool away was our last game. Four mm. three defeat. Four mm. three. Obviously a very famous score. It's our score. Yeah. It is our score line. Yeah. Um, how did you feel after that game, Kevin? Were there positives for you? Because oh, we're the first team to score three goals at Anfield this season. Yeah. Well, Obviously, they'd only conceded three goals. The whole of the season at Anfield, so really, yeah, blimey. So, I, I, I think it's a. Oh, I mean, this is the only word we can use, and it's like we keep saying, if only there's another word for something that goes up and down at fairgrounds. <laughs> uh, but frustrating is, I mean, there's certainly an element of pride about scoring the three goals, but there was there was frustration that we didn't get anything out of it. But yeah, we, we scored six goals at Man City and Liverpool, and it's it's always nice to hear people talking about us it's just why can't we do it in other games it's just the yeah. you know we look so sound defensively we look so willing to attack them which again I think threw Liverpool from the start there's no there's no getting away from it and we you know Chelsea's very close to Julian so I'm sure we'll hear how he reacted there's no getting away from it that that was a terrible error but other than that he'd played mm-hmm. he'd played decently enough um, so it's just frustrating that you score three goals and we can't can't get the result, but ultimately, that was it's more pride than anything else. Yeah, I well, think. I think because any Palace fans would have been expecting much from that game. No, I think we we talked about in the pod last week, and we kind of a lot of there was a lot of feeling from listeners that this, this could be the one that does trip us up. But finally, but yeah. I think it's probably the one that proved that we're a much better team than even I thought we were. To be perfectly honest, because yeah. it's just it's not just that we were competent; it's just that we yeah. And I know they had a couple of players missing, but still, I mean, their front line is. is 
probably arguably as good as any in Europe and we coached Vic well we made them look ordinary and, and yeah. going forward we looked we looked really good we and scored three goal, three different goals but three good goals all three good goals and still you know you have to say as well hats off to, to Palace even in the last seconds still going forward still got another goal what is interesting though is how many it's a mate of mine is a Liverpool season ticket holder and he pointed me towards a thread on Twitter and there's quite a few Liverpool fans I don't think there's any logic in it there's quite a few Liverpool fans who go in Palace for a really good team held back by their manager Oh really? Because yeah, yeah because of because all the of clubs. Their own well, that's well, absolutely. But of all the, of all the clubs that Hodgson's managed, Liverpool are the only ones whose fans yeah. don't see it, don't view yeah. him with any pleasure. But it I seems a bit unfair. it seems a bit odd for them to watch a team nearly beat them at Anfield and then to say you'd be a good side if it wasn't for your manager. But yeah, that's that's their generosity. Or, or there was quite a lot of patronising as well from Liverpool fans. Well, after we knew that. Oh, done. Oh, well done. You scored three goals. That's what I tweeted. Oh, exactly. I know. Yeah. But no, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> was quite that in Norwegian or Swedish <laughs> or uh... yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but Selzy, <laughs> we said this on the post-match pod on Saturday. Yeah. All four goals, arguably, were avoidable from from Liverpool's yeah. goals from Palace point of view, yeah. and that's frustrating. It's a combination of bad luck and, and mistakes, individual errors, wasn't it, all round? And it, it was disappointing to end up with nothing from the game. But uh, I'm a little bit different to Kev, you know, in the in the in the Roy Hodgson thing. You know, I'm, as those that listen to me, I know you don't do the post-match pods, Kev. I've done one, the, Freddie Pod. Right, I've done, the, I've uh, done one. The one they call in the classic. I, I'm actually <laughs> very uh, very content with Roy. I think he's actually done very well versus what he's got I mean I, I would say to you this that defensively we're very hard to play against and he's made us hard to beat which is the you know the basis of a, a team that can achieve results which is why we were close to one on Saturday and achieved one at Manchester City in a, in a similar vein and secondly you know from an attacking perspective you know in those last I think the last six home games, we've had something like 120 attempts at the goal. Now, I've got to say to you that for me, it's just a personnel issue that we haven't got a goal scorer. And if we had, we'd probably be the seventh or eighth best team in the league, which I think is probably where we should be. Yeah, so I must, I'm, I'm not as anti Roy Hodgson as you think I am. Right, okay. I, I, I do, I, I won't be unhappy when he's no longer our manager, but I think he's doing a very good job with limited. Limited why, why, yeah, yeah. why are you? Why are you? Tell well, me why. Well, simply because I, I, I don't know if it's his fault, but something has to change at the club, and this is not the direction the pod is going to go in. But it's, I don't think, I don't think he's holding us back. But I do, you know, for all that we both said we defended very well, mm. you just said all the goals were avoidable. And again, for all you said, we had 120 chances. There are people listening to this on the tube or on their bikes going, yeah, we only scored whatever yeah. works. Yeah, but, fair. But, but, that, yeah, yeah, but, but, but is, is the fact they're not scoring goals, I don't know what you think, Jesse, but you know the fact that we haven't taken so many of those chances, is that Roy's fault or is that the hand he's dealt? Because from my perspective, he's the coach, right? Dougie's the sporting director, Roy's the coach. Roy sets the team up. I think a couple of weeks ago there was some stat that we were like the fifth best defensive team in Europe. In terms of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, we so he's defensively we're very well organised, Tony Pulis style, if you like, you know, we're hard to play against. But I'd also say to you, it's not that we're not creating chances and we're not an attractive team. I just don't think we've been able to take those chances. We yeah, haven't well, got a goal scorer. Well, I think everybody listening to this knows where 
it's it's too simplistic to blame one person, Doogie Freeman. Yeah. But, <laughs> but everyone everyone listening to this pod knows where I think the main criticism should lie for our, for the last couple of years, and that's our recruitment policy. Mm-hmm. What I also don't think is that if we had a different recruitment policy, I don't necessarily still think that Hodgson is the manager to to take the club on to another level and I think Roy will comfortably keep us safe this season and I think when Roy's not our manager we'll say man we had some good performances under Roy Hodgson didn't we, we did, but we'll yeah. also remember some of the negative performance some of it is he's still for me too cautious he's still even with the personnel he's got he's still too unwilling to, to take risks to change formations even within games still for me he doesn't know his own his own midfield so I, I still I just all I think as much as I admire and respect Roy Hodgson and I, and I hate, I don't want to sound ageist, but you look at that game between Cardiff and Palace and it's the first time you've had two managers over the age of 70 and by Christ, it looked like it as well. It was like, well, we're, let's, we're, let's yeah. bring Jesse in. What, what, what are your thoughts on Roy then, having, having listened to this and in, and in the, in the uh, guise of the last two games as well? I was pleased we kept our tradition of giving Liverpool a game, first of all. Yeah. <clears throat> pleased we didn't get trounced. I saw a, a tweet that sort of thought it was on, had some sort of eureka moment from a journalist that said, Oh, Palace has scored three at the Etihad and three at Anfield. That's as many as they scored at home all season. Yeah. And I thought, hang on, if you break that down, what that tells me is, a friend of mine said it best, that when you come to Selhurst and play for a point, you get all three. Because we, <laughs> are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 we are no good at breaking teams down. Everyone knows that. But if a team takes the game to us, as they rightly should, then we can play. And perversely, we seem to be ruthless for that in our ch- chance taking as well. Yeah. So when, how often have you seen... Andros tuck in and get on the end of mm. Welf's cross. That doesn't happen very often. That's mm. what MacArthur does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then how often does Tompkins directly try and score a downward header from a set piece? He seems to sort of try and hit the back post and it comes to nothing. So we were quite ruthless in our chance taking as well. We scored from every chance we had at City and Liverpool, didn't we? Yeah, pretty oh, much. I think 100% I think completion City. rate. Yeah. Yeah. All the teams we have beat are, are the crap ones. So Fulham on the first game, Burnley, Leicester in the middle of their bad patch. Yeah. Uh, Huddersfield right so it's there's there's no sort of revelations there for me um I still can't escape the fact that Roy's started the season with the worst squad than he finished yeah. as in yeah, 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 you agreed. can't get away from that yeah Mayer is not a like for like for Kabai uh Loftus-Cheek's a massive hole in the middle and I, I, I still find it quite unbelievable that he's started the season with Benteke as his main man I'm amazed he didn't try and offload him to go into the season expecting him to okay, he got left out of the World Cup squad. Maybe we'll have a good good preseason, but he's just come back the same as he was and injured again. He's just left himself short, and he's his at the end of the season, like Tom said in the last pod, he was pretty robust in his end of once we, we were safe. Roy yes. spoke up, yeah, so about how he named called yeah. out Steve and Dougie and said they got work to do. We know we're going to lose players, yeah. like the two loanees and uh, Ankabai, and nothing came of it. I'm a little bit surprised that Roy. He's still towing the line at this point. He doesn't seem. He's very. He's been quite calm about it. He's like, oh, if we, if we sign somebody, it'll be a bonus. So, yeah, but yeah. We haven't got any money. We're just going to get low knees. I'm just amazed that he's not. A, he gets irate about bad questions in press conferences. Why isn't he irate, irate about this? Yeah, from me normally as well. But you, well, Celtic, you, <laughs> you know him better than we do. Is he? Is he because he's an old-fashioned manager and he's not used to working with technical directors? Full stop. Or is it because he hasn't got a relationship with? you know a couple of points you've both raised you know he's he's very pragmatic so and he also 
if he's the type of bloke that once he's got what he's got, he just gets on with it. He oh, doesn't yeah, sit yeah. there and talk about what he hasn't got and he doesn't complain, I don't think. I think he says, right, okay, this is where we are. This is what we got. We're getting on with it. And secondly, Jesse, what you said about, you know, come for a point and take three, you, you, you are touching on all the key points because it's very hard to play through any team in the Premier League when they're sat in in shape we're no different to any it's not exclusive to us yeah. I mean that's that's you know Manchester City and Liverpool have found it difficult to fashion chances against Crystal Palace mm. they're when we're well organised yeah. and we sit in and, and we make it difficult and the reason we're more economical perhaps with the chances in uh, Anfield and the Etihad than we've been at home clearly perhaps they are the opportunities because it's counter attack and they're open, it, it gives us something. But you've also got to realise that you know the two goals we scored at Man City, Schlupp and uh, and Andros Townsend. Generally, you don't score from that kind of range. Yeah, once you know, season, one was a penalty. <laughs> yeah. You know, and on Saturday, I mean, we you know the first goal was really well worked. Second one's a set play, and set plays are levelers for everyone. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're. Ragas Rovers or Manchester United, you know, if you've got big <laughs> oh, fellas in, National League. Oh, but the, yeah. my point being is that set pieces are set pieces. You know, if you've got someone who can deliver well, the ball and you, you've got size, you're a threat, often. aren't you? A lot of the time. So yeah. I, think, I think your point about breaking teams down at home is a very valid one, and that's also why I'm one of the few people, or increasingly few people, who still think Mayer is a better. And I know defensively we're not as good as if we if we start with Mayer. And I don't think Mayer was ever meant to be the new goodbye, to be perfectly honest. But I, I just think we have a better... Well, at home, I think we have a better chance of breaking defences down with him than without him, to be perfectly honest. And I think he is one of the players who will try and carry the ball and look for it. And I understand that fewer and fewer Palace fans agree with me week in, week out. And it might be that his goal gives him a bit of, a bit of confidence. But yeah. so much of the energy comes on. Because it, it also depends on Van Arnold a lot of the time as well. Because so many times, especially the Watford game, the first 20 minutes of the second half, when so much... When Van Arnold gets a fit in his head and he's starting to push forward and him and uh, Wilford making those links, when you've got Mayer there as well to sort of... to hinge that, to sort of sit back a little bit and to spread the ball both ways, I just think we look a bit more... Creative than we do when we got when it's Luke and Coyote and and McCarthy. It was a nice and, goal as well. It was a nice a goal. Nice it was a well taken goal. And again, it's it's really good to see that we would it wasn't damage limitation. We still yeah. we were trying to get forward. And even after that, yeah, in the seconds that were left, we were trying to get forward. But I I, I suspect that Mayer's not long for, for. Yeah, again, I wouldn't be amazed if Mayer's not with us this time next season. I mean, if, if Roy's still the manager, I would though. say to you that he's a type of player that's going to divide opinion. Because if you are pro this type of player, you're going to enjoy the technical element yeah, and they yeah, can see yeah, a pass yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. So, and, and, and if you're anti this player, you could be quite the other way and call him a five-a-side player. You know, because well, Jerry Murphy's my favourite footballer, so yeah. I mean, you, can, you, you pretty much know <laughs> which way I'm going. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know about both of you. I'll ask all oh, and you, Jim, like the same question. I'm taking host role. Well, sort of <laughs> yeah, go for it, mate. It's run, running a mock. No, it's nice to be on the other side of the fence. Uh, my question for all of you would be because this is the question I ask myself all the time about Max Meyer. What is what, what is his position? Where does he play? Because I'll just caveat that, because yeah. he doesn't appear to be a wide player that's going to go past people. He's not physically dominant enough to play as one of the two in central midfield. And the number 10, I'm slightly concerned when I hear the fans talking this way, in the sense that, 
number 10 is a second striker yeah. that needs to contribute a good number of goals. Yeah. It's not a job for a midfield player who can't tackle. Yeah. That's not what it should be, you know. And this is my difficulty. I, I, I can fully appreciate him as a footballer and I see it, but if you ask me where do I play him, there's my problem. I think, I, mean, I think that's a really, for me, the best game he's had was the second half at Watford when he came on and he looked, he played sort of the loftus cheat role, sort of left side, sort of left, mid, yeah. left side midfield. And when he did mm. for that one game, look, did look like a real terrier, was putting tackles in, was carrying the ball forward. But I think the problem is that Roy doesn't know what he bought him or where he bought him to play. And I don't think we've really seen him as a number 10. He's certainly not physically strong enough to be a central midfielder at the moment. Mm. But and the, and the tender, but yeah, so for me, is that left side? But again, that's an area that we're quite well covered in, in anyway. I, I would just see him probably as a fella that we might use a bit more when we're behind, yeah. because we can t- we'll have to take a risk at that yeah. point, and yeah. you know more often than not, you could see him hooking uh, James MacArthur or Czech Kiyate and saying, Locking "Okay, off, we're going to yeah. have to try and open them up here with twenty minutes to go. We'll have to gamble a little bit and put this fellow on the pitch." But I. I wouldn't at the moment think that he's done enough to sort of make himself an automatic choice because I, I can't use no. him. Do, do you think, Jesse, that when he came that he would have thought he was going to be? Because he's a highly rated player. Well, lazily, you, you just see him take Kabai's shirt and mm. the, all the reports that came with it suggested it was the replacement. Yeah. And it, and I know that it seemed like we were a bit complacent about Kabai signing a deal even though he's been talking to clubs since this time last year. So it just felt like... It, it, we were lucky to get him and it was worth I mean on paper it was worth the risk right it was worth doing yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean you can't you can't dispute what Adam said he's not really made a home for himself uh, in the team uh, and McCarthy, to your point MacArthur can't last 90 minutes these days so yeah. inevitably he does come off whatever the score is yeah. and but Mayo comes on is he is he falling into the trap of you know the Barry Bannon, Johnny Williams yeah. type? You know, yeah. both technically very gifted players, great footballers, nice to watch, easy on the eye, but the same problem. Where do you play them both? Because they don't really fit yeah. necessarily into into your side. And I mean, the, your point about Kabai, I think that was quite a difficult situation yeah. in the summer because he was earning a hell of a lot of yeah. money, and I can put a little bit of meat on the bones without trying to breach any confidence. Is he coming home, Adam? Is he coming <laughs> no, home? No, 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 no. <laughs> but no, I think I think they had actually agreed a deal for him to stay right. latterly and they were actually expecting him back and then he uh, he appeared in uh, in the Middle East holding a jersey of a rival club up. That's such a shame. So uh, yeah. I, I don't yeah. think they were... You he, know, is a free, I, he is a free transfer now, though. Free agent. But what, he wouldn't come... We couldn't afford his... Way. He, he wouldn't take a cut in wages to come back, would he? I would imagine. You'd imagine he'd have been on decent wages in Qatar. The was rumours were at least double what we were paying. And, we were paying and obviously, we've been, we've been getting rid of people we this window, yeah, so yeah, we're not yeah. obviously... On, uh, on his goal, it was some, there was something about that goal that I just can't remember seeing for a long time, which was obviously Wickham holding it up, yeah. laying it off. Yeah. With back to goal for a midfielder to, to, come to on pick his corner. Yeah, when was the last time he scored a goal like that? That was the, like, a nice way to finish despite the scoreline. Well, um, so yeah, that may be one of the moments when you look back and go, that's where May have finally arrived. And yeah, it might be that hopefully. different players he plays better, you don't know. Because yeah. sort of, we, you know, obviously, we mentioned Julian's, you're very close to Julian. How was he after the game on? Uh, choked, absolutely uh, gutted. He. Uh, 
He sent me a message while I was uh, just about to get on the train saying, sorry, I let you down. Oh, and, no, uh, no. I, <laughs> I felt sick for him, really. But um, he, you know, he didn't make any excuses. And I, I've read, I, I've actually written a piece for the South London Press on Friday, a column about Julian. And some of the stuff I've written is probably, is quite personal, I guess. And there's a few bits in there that people just wouldn't know about the time he's been at the club and the things that have happened and all that sort of stuff. So I, but I, you know, my main point with the whole thing and it was exactly the way I responded to him was you don't owe us anything. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, and I've got to tell you, he wouldn't like this. Oh, he's 39. He's not supposed to be there. He's too old. He's this, the harsh reality of being a goalkeeper is that, from time to time, unexplainable things happen, right? Just or, like or when you're in your Hennessy kitchen, week to week, yeah. you're in your kitchen <laughs> holding a glass, and for some reason, every few years, you drop one and you yeah, can't explain why you right. did it. And on Saturday, he made a, a sort of handling error for a difficult ball that he was. I mean, I asked him, you know, what were you thinking? How did you see it? And he said, well, he put the ball into the ground and it squirted up, and I. I tried to sort of control it because it was going to go across the six-yard box and reach out with one hand. And as I've tried to sort of pull it down, it's ended up spinning off me. I blame the gloves. I don't know who was responsible. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm insured. Um, and the ball obviously spanned back to behind him and, and Salah did the rest. But I've got to stress to you, and I don't want to be flippant about it because I shouldn't. It could have happened to him at any time mm. in his Crystal Palace career. You know, it... it it wasn't because he's 39. It wasn't because he's not playing. It's not because he's over the hill. Because when you do it when you're 19, everyone says, oh, you're a kid learning the game. When you do it when you're 29, you're out of form. Yeah, when you do yeah. it when you're 39, you're over the hill, right? Because well, it's the easiest, cheapest thing to say. But physically, he's in unbelievable condition. There's nothing really wrong with him. And I don't want everyone sort of thinking... I'm listening to some other stuff the last couple of days, you know, oh, I hope we haven't got to play him on Sunday. Like, he's got no, no. arms or something and he can't, can't do us I a job. That, I find that strange because I don't... There's two things about that. I think the first thing is that if he'd had all our text numbers or every single Palace fan's number, he'd have probably he done, would yeah. have the same, he would have done the same thing knowing Julian. He'd still be there now yeah. with his gloves on trying to text everybody. But the second thing, I'm surprised to hear you say that. Is I, I didn't come across any Palace fans before the game who were worried about Julian going in goal. No. Because every time he has come back for us, he's done a really good job. Like he's this, always like this, been there. He's always been reliable. Like, like this, after the eighth game last season, he's always yeah. been a really good keeper. And it's like, there's no logic to going right. He's good enough to be on the bench, but he's not good enough to to start. Yeah. I don't well, think any of us see it that way. And also, he's, the thing is, well, he, he's, I'm not sure. I don't know if he is sentimental like we are. I am, but he's he, he's so far in, ahead in credit. I'm amazed that any Palace fans are having a go at him. And so, I mean, Hennessy's yeah. almost the one I feel sorry for because he must be watching that going, hang on, where's, where's all his tweets? Where's the, where's the flaming torches chasing him down the road? Two or three weeks ago, yeah. before any of the goalkeeper injuries, I would have, if you'd asked me if I thought I'd see Sperone in a Palace shirt again, I would be like, sort of out of fear, said no. Yeah. So I'm quite, yeah. I think everyone was just delighted yeah. to see him. Uh, I mean, uh, when, when, he, when he knew he was going to play in the week... I sensed this real joy in him, you That's know. Amazing. And he said, I said to him, you know, it's not the easiest game to come and play. <laughs> and he was like, 
this is what I'm a footballer for. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to have that many more days like this, and I'm going to go and enjoy myself. And I've got nothing to lose, and and I'm ready, and I'm up for the challenge. And and to be fair. This is what I'm saying. Everybody seems to think this is some sort of sentimental old bloke that we just keep around. He would be mortified if anybody Mm. actually really thought that about him. He's a serious professional. And people talk about age all the time. Gianluigi Buffon is still playing at the top level. He's 40. Uh, Your age, some people are knackered at 28. Other people are knackered at 43. It's not everybody's body's different and everyone has you know and you're talking about a bloke who is an unbelievable professional you know he doesn't go to libertines in the west end he goes up the local baptist church on a sunday and plays a guitar in the band you know he's yeah. he's the most unfootballer like footballer if you like that that there could be and you know the the point i raised in in the article that i've written for friday was that you know people still talk about his mistake against Everton. Yeah. That was 15 seasons yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And that, doesn't that tell you something about how good he's been, that you're still talking about <laughs> yeah, something yeah. he did 15 years ago? Yeah. Because he actually hasn't made that many bad errors in 400 games. I think, you know, there have been few. And I, I, I actually mentioned one that uh, in this piece, I, I don't know if you remember the year we were promoted, we played Watford at home on the first day of the season, lost 3-2. Vidra scored in the last two minutes and their first goal was a strike in front of the home stand. The ball bounced up and uncharacteristically it sort of popped off his chest and they followed in and scored. And uh, he put his hand up to the crowd to apologise for his mistake and the crowd sang his name. And I thought, there you have a sort of true bond and a bloke who's obviously trusted and respected that much by by the punters that turn up every week to to see it. And I, and again I'd say to you if you're if you're talking about a goalkeeper you don't worry about him making the odd handling error because it's human it's just like the the fellow that lets the ball run under his foot under his studs and go out of play you know as if you're a fullback or Wilfred Zaha doing it nobody thinks it's forgotten in an instant if you're a goalkeeper it's remembered for yeah. the rest of your life you know but the the whole thing is that he you know, and this was my point, you know, he's had quite a lot of adversity for the first three years, you know, after the, you know, he was called Spilloni and all these kind of things by the press and he just keeps going and coming and beneath this sort of lovable exterior, he's got this sort of steely South American bit in him that makes him want to fight and prove himself over and over again. And he, he would say to me, I don't think there's ever been a manager... That, that ever really fancied me before they walked through the door. And he said, once they come through the door and they see me every day and, and so on, I think then they grow mm, to trust yeah, me. Yeah. I mean, Tony Pulis bought Wayne Hennessy. Tony Pulis, you won't be surprised to know, loves a big goalkeeper, yeah. right? So <laughs> that's, that's his criteria. Be big and kick it a long way. Mm. And Wayne was perfect in that. And when he signed him in that January... He wanted to play him every week during that season. But Julian kept us in the Premier League. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and and again I said and this I'm I'm giving you a bit of a preview to, and people and I, I said this to Jim on Saturday when we did the post match pod. I can't <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I can't think of a single player in the history of Crystal Palace that has done more 
considering we were on the brink of going out of business and his heroics kept us in the league during that season, he's then been terrific to get us promotion to the Premier League. And in the first season we were back, he kept us in the Premier League. Yeah. He won us so many points, so many draws turned into wins and, and defeats turned into draws because he was pulling out stop after stop after stop. I don't think there's a single person that was there the whole of the journey. So it's not to say to you he's the greatest player in the respect of, you know, Wilfred and the like, but I don't think there's any one individual that's been there the whole way that's gone well, from one end of the scale to the other and contributed so much. Plus all the stuff he's done off the pitch as well for the club. But are we, which is, all Palace fans know, he's, he's the first one to arrive at the do's and the last one to, Absolutely. to leave. And it's like even when my, my mum died, I took my dad to him and Julian took my dad aside for an hour and was talking to my dad about which was lovely of him because the first thing my dad said to him was, you're not very tall for a goalkeeper. So, no. <laughs> but, um, He's heard that a few no, times. But, yeah, yeah, but, he, um, but he was too polite to say anything to a 79-year-old man. But are, are we getting another South American keeper in? They don't seem to be rushing yeah, him in. Yeah, I think, I think so. But but that um, that is really, I think, to succeed Julian next season. I think we're having oh, right, like a right, six-month okay. look at this guy. Because again, I'm reading that, oh, we're trying to rush it through so he can play. But he's never played a competitive no, game in his life, no, yeah. so Pretty it would be not much yeah. different from putting an under twenty three kid in the team. And yeah, yeah. given Roy's cautious nature, I would think that's probably yeah. unlikely. Just touching on you talking about Julian as a fella, I can't. I mean, I'm I'm probably. I hope I'm not betraying any confidences when I talk to you about you know the things that he does and says because he's he's not a loud guy, as you know, and. But he, he tells me every time what a privilege it is to have had this life and what he does and playing for Crystal Palace. And I mean, the Chelsea game you were talking about there when he came back last year, I think it changed the whole dynamic of the season. The roof nearly came off yeah, when yeah, his yeah, name yeah, was yeah, yeah, We yeah, suddenly yeah. had everybody behind us and together. And he was with me after the game for about an hour inside. We came out and it must have been half six or something, maybe after the game. There were hundreds of people still outside waiting. And the security fellow said, oh, we'll run you to the car. And he said, no, like, these people have waited to see me. I'm going to do every picture and I'm going to sign everything. He thinks it's a privilege to be in this position. He can't do enough for anybody. And I can't tell you, as you know, the love I have for him as a fellow, he's very close to me. It was me that found him for Palace in the first place 15 years ago. And we've got a very strong bond. But, you know, I, I I can't... I mean, I have to say, like, I found it very difficult. He looked so ashen-faced after the goal on Saturday. Like, uh, it broke my heart, really, yeah, to oh. see it. Because I knew that, you know, beforehand, I've I've got the Royal the Rovers dream, you know, 39-year-old oldest yeah, player in the Premier yeah, yeah. League. He's going to go there. He's going to stop Liverpool and... By the way, Christian Benteke, the bloke they discarded, is going to pop up and sub and score the winner. Yeah. And that was my script, you know, and it was all going to be the headline. Plus, Sacco was going to do a back yeah. in the box <laughs> in the first A lot of Palace fans were sharing yeah. pictures of Spironi before the game, just from all through the era. Really? Through the era yeah, since yeah. he's been in. He, no, he's aged with Palace fans. It's quite, yeah, yeah, quite yeah, interesting it's to see that. That's a really good point. I did it myself. And um, I, sp- I did the Liverpool one of the Liverpool podcasts at the weekend. I did the preview and the post-match pod. There was loads of talk about seven goals, and um, I spoke about the Spironi. Uh, their, well, it was Salah's first goal, 
Um, and I thought that Milner's cross had a bit of a weird bounce. There's a bit of a freak bounce. He sort of drilled it into, into the, the ground, volleyed yeah, yeah, into yeah, the yeah. ground as it sort of came up. Yeah. Right, so they, it was on the volley, wasn't it? So I think that those balls that are usually put across by the overlapping fullback usually just bounce across the bottom. So he's probably expecting that, but it just it bounced up, and he was probably caught between two minds what to do. So it's a freak bounce led to the freak mistake, to be honest. It's yeah. nothing, not much you could do. It's not all explainable, and from a goalkeeper's perspective or a coach's perspective, your goalie is going to do this kind of thing from time to time. It happens. What what concerns you more is not the odd one that slips through his hands or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's the repetitive mistakes you know, if you take the weekend, for instance, I don't know if you saw the Fulham-Tottenham uh, game, I'd be more concerned about Sergio Rico, for instance, as Not a Fulham. Line, yeah. Because both the goals yeah. are headers three yards from the line yeah. where he's... They're sort of repetitive mistakes, if you like. It's not the odd one where he's hit it and he's mishandled or it's come back off him. That's going to happen. But the, often with the goalkeeper, the hardest ones are the ones that the fans often see as routine, you know, that drill down your throat where it's a little bit of pace and you've got to get out of the way and get it up and hang on to it rather than the ones that are away from you that that you fly around the goal for. But On the Chelsea game, just quickly, I've got very fond memories of that game because it was after an international break, wasn't it? Yes. And it was the first time Roy did the false nine, double false nine, yes. yeah. and took Chelsea by surprise. It finished Louis' career under Conte. Con- Louis didn't start again yeah. after that game. So he was just dizzy. Uh, and I always remember it was. I always remember Jules walking towards the Homestale, and it was a, a r- great roar. But the best thing was the end of the game. He ran. He was in the opposite goal at Whitehorse. He ran all the way to yeah, the yeah, yeah. Homestale, and he was sent to the other players. Like, just some of them don't know what to yeah. do. Like, since we've lost Jednak and Wardy, they all know the script to sort of do that sort of weird arc into the tunnel. So I'd, I, it was quite emotional just seeing Jules be part of the revival and start our season. I think when we beat Chelsea 1-0 yeah. with the John Terry own goal, the save yeah. he made just after that, which yeah. for me, I mean, I was trying to think today of the greatest, it's hard to think of the greatest Julian save, but I think that was the one. But that's one of the reasons I'm going to make sure I'm there for the 10 minutes for a kickoff on Sunday. It's because I just want to be there when his name gets announced. I, I really, it, I really be hope at... that everybody shows him just what they think oh, they about will, him on will, Sunday if he's really lucky will. enough to play, which I, I think at the moment the likelihood is he will. Yeah. But I, 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 I don't get me wrong, he's not in a bad mental place. You know, I just said to him, this is goalkeeping, go back on the training ground, start again, handle a few balls, next, next game. You know that that's the nature of the job. You can't you can't dwell on. If you'd been eleven out of ten, I'd have said the same thing. You know, so yeah. the fact there was a mistake, you just got to put it behind you. And and as I wrote, he's proven himself over and over and over again. Yeah. And you know, do, when, um, and often been written off. And you know, I think um, on a serious note, do uh, South Americans laugh as much as we do when you say handle a few balls? <laughs> Does he just look at you? Does it go straight over his head? Or does it go no, I'm not <laughs> sure. He gets it. He, he, he got he got Will Spanner about his gear the other day yeah. because Will uh, gave him a bit of stick on, on uh, something I read online about a video saying that he just wears clothes because he has to put something on. <laughs> and he, he doesn't. Uh, and, uh, and he did say to Will, I said, uh, did you have a word? He said, well, I did say to him I'd look a bit stupid being 39 wearing skinny jeans with all rips in them. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a footballer <laughs> anyway uh, good stuff uh, let's move on to part two where we've got questions from our listeners so join us after this
guys, how you doing? It's Jim here in the middle of this pod to let you know that there's a new issue of the FYP fanzine out next Saturday against Fulham, the 2nd of February. I know we've been away for as long as Connor Wickham has been out, but like Connor, we are back. And it's a bumper issue, 48 pages, packed with all sorts of Palace coverage. As ever, it's the pocket-friendly price of £2 and we'll be selling from around Selhurst from about 1.30 onwards at the Fulham game. So keep an eye out for a seller and make sure you grab yourself a copy. There will of course also be electronic copies available online in the form of a PDF uh, that you can download for any of you that can't make the game or live abroad. And there'll be details on how to get your hands on one of those on our website, our Twitter, our Facebook and our Instagram in the next week or so. So keep an eye out for that and look out for us if you're at the game against Fulham next Saturday. Right, back to the podcast. Welcome back to the 5 Plan Podcast. Three. Three. Pod 278 sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing board you needs. Go to Vector Cody K. It's Vector with Okay. Hey. And JCIS, a global research and brand consultancy from South London. Is I it will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, it was the one chance. That's what happens you when you don't, dr- you don't drink the whole of January. That's what happens. <laughs> oh, dear. Can't even, can't even edit around that. <laughs> no. We're going to leave that in. I was just keen to, keen to go there. You're just, you're just really keen. Yeah. Um, good. Uh, are we ready for some questions? Yeah, always. First question comes from Gully Ford. Hi, Gully. They Gully? say Gully? Gully. Oh, Gully. Hi, Gully. Oh, Gully. They say, after last weekend... Do we now have to win the FA Cup semi-final against Liverpool 9-0? <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, good question. question. What a pleasant thought. Yeah. <laughs> Highly unlikely one, might Well, especially because they're out of the cup, but apart from that... They're not, are they? Yeah, are they? They, yeah Wolves knocked them out. Oh, yeah, Wolves, yeah, Wolves yeah, you're right, yeah. Oh, I should probably research Didn't specify it. you, but that's fine. No, you're right. Very yeah. good. Um, <laughs> good. Uh, Aidan Grant. Hi, Aidan. Hi, Aidan. I sent us a question saying, which games give you more comfort as a fan that will be all right at the end of the season? High-scoring defeats like Liverpool or goalless draws like Man United? Well, I think that's, at the time, the Man United score seemed quite a significant one because we were coming off the back of a few defeats and even with Mourinho's problems, to go to go up there and keep a clean sheet, I'm, I'd be more impressed if we did it now, but that was a proper result, it felt like, yeah. at the time. But I take more comfort from Saturday to be perfect. I mean, it, it, I don't... Think we'll go down, but then I keep looking at the league table, thinking, "Oh, we're a little bit closer to the bottom than yeah. I thought we were." But no, I'll, I'll that's, the, that. that's the problem. I mean, the goal difference helps, and I think the bottom two teams are, are probably gone. And I, I think the trouble is then there's no real, there's not enough team. You know, we're in that league of seven or eight mm. uh, that we need to finish top of. Or, there's not, a, there's not really a stand, a team that you go, they're definitely down as well. You kind of Southampton have had a little bit of a, battle. but I just think because we've got. All, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but we've got all those teams to play, and I think 37 points will keep us up. But I mean, you can't, you have to take heart after Saturday, really. I think I so. Think, yeah. yeah. And we've seen enough really good after the Etihad and after the certain performance. For, it's, for, it's more the, the Leicester performance is the one that kind of gave me heart because that's the one where you go, well, at least we can scrap, we can get a result in a mediocre game against a team that are good but not going through yeah. a decent spell. So it's and win without Wilf. And, and of course, yeah, of course, with that Wolf. Yeah. That was a great win, but again, 
you've, we've relied on a 25-yard blockbuster, having had uh, that several chances, yeah. and a, and the goalkeeper yeah. pulling a big one out at the end, you know, which is what <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> Julian wouldn't laugh at that, would he? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, a big save out at the end. Uh, apologies for Kev's... Uh, I'm sorry. Kev's humour. Oh, um, no, but that's that's about a top a top class goalkeeper wins your points. And yeah. that was a, yeah, that yeah. was a points yeah. winning moment. And uh, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I think the comfort factor for me is how well organised we are. We're not teams that are very well organised rarely get relegated. Yeah. You know, I, and like I said to you, if we if, if offensively we could finish what we start. We would be where probably we we should be, but I mean, ironically, Jesse, it's the probably the away form that's going to keep us up. Isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I agree about the way we keep the ball and string it about. The ball retention's better than I can remember for a it's long time. It's the best time. football we've yeah. ever yeah, played. Yeah. I, I, when people say to me they're bored and all this, I think Christ Almighty! I've, I think I'm 49 on Sunday, and I was six, so this is my 43rd season yeah. following Crystal Palace. And I think, in the, certainly at the top level, this is the best football we've ever played. I've never known two centre halves so good on the ball, yeah. full backs. You know, we're we're a good team. We are a good side. The the first goal was on Saturday. I was speaking to the Anfield Index pod. So they were we were talking through the goals on Sunday night, and they said to me that your first goal was what we've been doing to people. Your yeah. first goal looked yeah. like a Liverpool goal. Yeah, yeah. And I thought actually no one's really said that because that match today ignored it, but. Um, Tompkins and MacArthur couldn't get out of their feet and you and you're at your palace fan and you just says kick it out. Just yeah, get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. But MacArthur, you, you look at it, there's five Liverpool players surrounding them too. And and Milivojevic came to help. And Mac has seen Van Anhol in space. And it's just what you expect. You know, it's just intelligent, just very simple. Yeah. And then they're off. But and you see brutally just put the put it in the net. Again, because the highlights don't share it, but the, the the first Wolves goal was the same, the first Man City goal was the same. They all started just outside our box, more or less, with five or six passes before it yeah. before it got on we but I think, that for eight, no, for no, but I think we, I think your point is with some Palace fans, I think the trouble is because the last six games of last season, when we picked up I think fourteen points, whatever it was from those six games, yeah. but we and we played really, really well. But the trouble is we played a different sort of... We were playing... It, it was taking two passes to get forward. It was like really quick wing play. So we're playing well now and a more kind of grown-up, sophisticated... It's less easy on the eye. It's less flashy. So I think some fans are, don't see it as, as decent football, as exciting. Do you know what I mean? Is it, I think so it's, different, it's differently good, if you see what I mean. I think that at, at the end of the season, we had that little bit of extra thrust with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You punch, you know, what, what was terrific to, was yeah, yeah. that around the box, home to Leicester, home to Brighton, home to West Brom, we're opening teams up, punching, punch, 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 pass, quick, quick, quick. And, and it was great to watch. And, you know, but that again shows me that the manager is very good at what he does. Yeah. Providing he's got the personnel to do it. I mean, the fact is, you Jesse called it at the start. You know, we haven't quite got as good a squad as we had yeah. Yeah. last season, and he's having to sort of manage his way through yeah. it. And I, I, I keep coming back to the same thing. It's not the coach. You know, we're playing good football. We're well set up. Yeah. We're a good side. We haven't got that that killer instinct in front of goal. And our finishing is so profligate at times. You know, you, 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 if you're a manager, you'd probably be on the line. I mean, how many games do we, you know, even the Watford game, Ben Foster, Fozzie's a mate of mine, and he, he said to me after the game, like, 
didn't see us coming back into the game at 1-0. You were on top, looking back, knocking at the door. But the, but the mistake from Wayne sort of tipped the game back up yeah. the other way and suddenly they had belief and that's yeah. the game, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I couldn't come away from the game saying to you, we played really badly and, you know, yeah. if we'd been ruthless in front of goal, the game was over. So yeah. it wasn't – it's very easy to say, oh, Wayne missed the cross and that, that turned the game, which it – but also Wilfred missed the one-on-one with yeah. uh, with Ben, and MacArthur had Jim, James McCall had the one that went through his legs at the back post. You know these all change games. All these moments change the yeah. game and change the mentality. Back to your yeah, and back to your point about United. United have been niggling me since we got promoted. They're the one top six team we haven't beat, <laughs> no. yeah. and it's their worst period in living memory. Yeah, yeah. And now they've now it looks like they're about to, they're off again. Yeah. So it, it's just we had our chance. Yeah, we did all right. Well, we <laughs> never say, all, never say never. Be all the more glorious when we do beat them. Yeah, I like that. Um, By the way, Jim, can I just say, Jesse on the Anfield Index, aside of his tactical now, some genius, he's yeah. clearly demonstrating. I didn't realise he's Norwegian and Swedish for so <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Are you ready for some transfer questions? We yeah. like transfer it's questions. Time, it's that time of the year. Warren B. Hi, Warren. Says, what Sounds like a rapper. He does sound like a rapper. Yeah. Uh, Warren says, what squad number will I be wearing from February 1st? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever one you want, Warren. Um, but in relation to that, Palace Ash Hi, Palace. says, is this the lightest our squad has been in the Premier League in terms of numbers? You look, look on the back of the uh, programme these numbers, days. It yeah. does look in terms of numbers, very thin. Yeah, we've got twenty. We've four have gone out from the twenty-five. I've no Surlot, Punch, uh, Punch, Kai uh, Kai, Kai Kai, and who else has gone out? No, Jordan Much wasn't in it, was he? Uh, there's no, he wasn't in twenty-five. So there's one other. Don't know. I'm trying to think who the other one is. Um, Tony Williams. Oh yeah, yeah Tony Williams, yeah. of course. Yeah, sorry. So you're four light. Uh, Suarez's shoulder problem is going to be three months so effectively you're five light and you've got two goalkeepers injured so we are down to 18, 18. players plus wow. Aaron Wan-Bissaka who doesn't have to be named I don't think because of his age so that is a bit worrying yeah isn't it? well it's we are very light but all we can take from that is hopefully that uh, we are going to make use of those wages we've saved in some way and, well, uh, surely you'd and hope, bring surely that's the only in. reason we've got them off the. Well, it must be, must, it's, it's, it's got to be, isn't it? I don't, I don't think we're going to surely go into the second half of the season with four and five players no. light. Because even Steve Parrish won't be sitting there and like going, well, at least I've got them off the wage bill. You, you, well, because a couple of injuries, that'd be really right. and then we're in, you know, we're in serious trouble. Yeah, it's shaping up for a trolley dash, isn't it? At the end of the month. Well, that's that's the worry. That's when you end up with. Jimmy Kebe, yeah, when players <laughs> get yeah, basically. Well, uh, but but it is difficult if if the cash isn't available. But I, you know, I, I think it's loaned. It's loaned. It's, it's, well, it's but, a loan. But it's Kev, a, that that said, two years ago when Sam Allardyce was was it two years ago Sam Allardyce or yeah, yeah. it was twenty sixteen yeah. Christmas. Was it yeah. three years ago? Two years ago. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we spent. A hell of a lot of money, yeah. And my understanding is that the owners in these situations, uh, Stephen, uh, Josh, David, Stephen, all of them, they they basically put interest-free loans into the club at that point to enable them to to buy the players, which obviously have to be, well, I'm assuming get repaid at some point. Obviously, I'm not privy to all the all the facts, but so I I would imagine that 
you know, we're saying there isn't cash available, for instance, you know, but if Ruben Loftus-Cheek was available for £25 million pounds mm. tomorrow, I'm pretty sure they would find the money mm. to do it. But the the problem we have, and, and this, is, this is the real problem, is that, for instance, the centre-forward, as we've talked about throughout, you know, we're missing and we need a goal scorer. Who are you going to get for nothing yeah. that's better than Christian Benteke, Conor yeah. Wickham or Jordan Ayew? You know, I mean... I don't know is yeah, the can't. answer to the question. Yeah, Jermaine Defoe and we can't afford him. Yeah. Well, I think I was Wages told... Wise, I think 120,000 yeah, a week. 115 a week, yeah. I was told, yeah. So that's hefty, hefty. I mean, Which makes you be... wonder where Rangers, Rangers are getting that sort of money from because they, they're coming off years of financial oh, yeah. 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 I, I can only imagine that Bournemouth must be doing but, some, oh, of course, must be of doing course. some yeah. of that. Right. But again, you see... I think we were close before, but I think Sam Allardyce actually stopped a, a Jermaine Defoe deal because they wanted three. He wanted three years, and he said that that third year is too risky on that kind of money, mm-hmm. and that's where he's going to be next season. Right, so right. I, I'm not sure if I'm 100 percent right saying that to you, but I seem to we recall something. Uh, we don't not, work at 100 percent. 70, 80 percent right very, on this pod is very, that, great. That <laughs> very difficult, Kev, to justify paying a hundred yeah, odd thousand pound a week to a 37 year old striker who much as I admire him and think he's a great finisher and, he, you know, he would score goals in our team, no doubt. There's going to be that time where it it, it, go, it goes past his sell-by date and you could have a 18 months of a player that's on ridiculous money yeah. that you've no chance of offloading. Well, also, going back to our previous conversation in part one, you'd probably have the same people going, Julian's too old at 39, who were happy for Defoe to come in at the age of yeah. 37. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's that's the business again about yeah. the age and, yeah, and yeah. the moment, isn't it? It's hard to see how we play the, the last week of the transfer window because we, it's not like we're going to go and do what we've done, with, take that risk we've done with Sorlot again, dip into a random yeah. European league and pluck someone out because that hasn't worked. Are we going to dip into the championship? That's going to cost money now. Yeah. 15, 20 million minimum for a striker that scores goals. Um, it's hard to see what we do. And it's got to be another loan, isn't it? This is, this yeah, is the bit that I can't fathom. We've got one loan, but we've got four spots to fill. Yeah. So we can't loan anybody else unless... It, I think we can do foreign another foreign loan, can't we? Or you, I'm not sure what the rules are with the foreign loans, but but I think that's possible, I guess, to do one or two of those. But... It, if you're not, you know that that's why I'm slightly perplexed about are they going to put money up? Aren't they going to put money up? I think also, you know, perhaps the fact that we are in and around the relegation zone, as you're talking, I think if we were probably nine points clear, they might say, well, actually, we'll leave it mm. till next summer. Yeah. You know, we're not going to get what we want, and let's not do that. But I think there is. Um, if we were nine points clear, it'd be easy to get players in. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Trouble, but yeah. I think, Kev, you know, it's very hard in this period to find, you know, we're not selling our best players to anyone. And and that and, and in reality, that's very difficult. It's very hard to get Premier League quality. If you think of all the players we've signed that are Premier League players since we've been up, they've basically been discarded by the other clubs. We've never actually, you know, because all the clubs have got yeah, so much true. money, yeah. you can't just go to, to Leicester and say... You know, I want Damari Gray or I want Jamie Vardy because no, yeah. they don't want to sell them to you, yeah, and they yeah, say, yeah. "See ya." And if someone comes and knocks for our best players, we don't sell them either. So it's you know the Kiate not wanted by Pellegrini, 
Tompkins. Uh, Schlapp, Tompkins, mm. you know, Ben Teki, Sacco. Yeah. They're yeah. all they're all issues, if you like, yeah. With, yeah. with signing those players. Yeah. You couldn't you weren't picking them off against the the will of the opposition or the, the, the selling club, sorry. Yeah. Can I uh, put another name forward to you? Uh Charlie Bowden, that's not the name, that's Hi, the Charlie. person who sent the question in. Says Hello, fellas. Big fan of the pod. Oh, thank, thank you. Very you. Much. Always the way to get your question asked. We say every week. Good man. Flattery. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> if Balassi does come back, is it possible to play him, Wilf, and Andros in the same first eleven? Yes. <laughs> there's there's rumours that he might be coming on, on loan. I think. Well, the, I mean, the rumours. I, I, I part of me would. Love, of course, I'd love to see Yannick back, but. Being purely practical and hard-headed about these things, he couldn't get a game for Villa. And when he did, I don't think he f- finished a game for Villa. He's he's in his 30s now. I mean, but having said that, I think there are some players who work well at some clubs. And I think it, yeah. it could be, even from a psychological point of view, it might give Wilf a lift that, that Yannick's back. It might. I don't think he would start in a team that's got Townsend in. But, but it's interesting they were talking about one... I think it's Dominic Fyfield, forgive me if it wasn't, but one Palace journalist was saying it, it would free up Wilf to play yeah. what, what Roy wants. It would free Wilf up to play a little bit further in field. And of course, he's a, he's a Palace legend, but it's so, it's so many times it doesn't work. It's happened a lot. Yeah, but, 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 yeah, but, but of course, having said that, I'd be so... I mean, if, to get just to sing, to see him once again, back on the pitch, just to yeah. sing Yannick Balassi's running down Run a wing for me, yeah. would be... I, I, my understanding is that there is some interest and something in it one that doesn't mean it's going to happen obviously these things change all of the time but on the other side of it you're talking about giving him a lift if you played 4-2-3-1 with Wilfred as your number 10 with Yannick Balassi and Andros Townsend either side I think tactically you're, you're, you're going to give the opposition more to think about because all three of those players are capable of going past someone with the ball. They're going to occupy two and three players in possession, which means that the other two could become more effective as a result. And and, and I took your point about Balassi, can he do it, can't he do it? Some players fit into a style, fit into a place. It's where they feel comfortable. And and I would say to you, Wilfred Zaha at Cardiff City. Yeah, I agree. If you'd seen him play for Cardiff City, he's not the Wilfred Zaha that played for Crystal Palace before it, or the Wilfred Zaha afterwards. Yeah. Um, Yes, any thoughts on Palace? I mean, yeah, the the sort of nostalgic side says yes, but it's... um, it's, it's just a bit odd that he didn't get in a Villa championship side. I find that a bit worrying. Well, he has so been just, playing, but he's, he's, been dra- started, he's been dragged off quite started, a few I times. Think he started 21 in... Did he choose to go back? To, yeah, he, was, yeah, he, was, he, yeah. He, he had an option, and this is... I was told this, so this is correct. Yeah. And what's happened the last couple of days has fitted, that he had an option that he could exercise by the 20th of January to bring the loan to an end. Now, he's only done that putting two and two together yeah, because if he thinks there's something else yeah. around the corner for him I would imagine and the one thing with Yannick Balassi he's not the cleanest player he's not a great finisher but there is a statistic for, for nearly everything in the game but there isn't a statistic for chaos <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and uh, but, 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 there should be but what I'm saying to you is 
you know, when you said, will he start, won't he start? Yeah. He, you know, I've been saying to Jim post-match all season when he has me on, you know, people talk about Roy and you're saying, you know, he doesn't change much. I, I don't look at the bench and think they're... Well, I, I want players that I can come on for 20 minutes... I could take the bottle top off and the fizz comes out and pff, they're all yeah, over the yeah, park yeah. Well, and, I, I, and giving us a lift and, and a shot in the arm. You've changed my mind a little bit, actually, because you talked about that 4 2 3 one, because one of the things I was thinking about earlier is that bringing Yannick back gives you more options for option A yeah. rather than an option B or C. But you saying that means that he, there is a different way for him to play rather than just as another wide player. But also, Wilf... I mean, Wolf talked so often when he was playing with Yannick that he said he was. He's, he was uh, sorry. In an interview I saw with Wolf recently, he, they, he was asked who was his best mate in football. football. He said yes, Blassie. Was Blassie, but also mm. did, they were so hard to defend against because they no. would they would they would instinctively would swap rings. Yes, yeah. swap wings. See, obviously, so and mm. you know teams would try and double team one and couldn't couldn't double mark one. And it was just it was so many times even in the Brighton game the playoff where they both ended up getting space from each other because yeah. defenders had been drawn. Yeah. That's what to, I'm saying to the opposite to side. So I think I, maybe I, I, right, I do so. think that I don't think if he, if he comes hypothetically, and we are talking about the situation, I've talked about those three, four, two, three, one. I think that if you play like that, those three players should all be interchangeable. Yeah. I.e., yeah, yeah, yeah. during the course of a game, yeah. you can drop Yannick Balassi or Andros Townsend. Andros Townsend's never played as a number ten for Palace. I'm surprised in yeah. some senses because he's got the characteristics yeah, to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. He can go left side, right side, yeah. create space left from side, right side, create space for himself, and, and yeah, get yeah, shots yeah. off, and he can finish. Yeah, so, yeah. in some ways, yeah. I actually think he might be quite useful there. Yeah. Although it's never, and if that was for, you know, if you think in a game that you have those three and you can say, you know, after half an hour, right, you go and play ten, you go and yeah. play left side, right side, yeah, yeah. The full backs and the centre halves have suddenly got something else to think yeah. about, and, yeah. and and sometimes one of those things will bring you success during the game, and you might have to find your way to that. But but I do think Yannick is a handful, and I I do think he's sort of underestimated. I I can see that he's he's not polished as a footballer. He's a playground footballer, basically. Street you football. know he, exactly. Yeah. He, he he gets it. He dribbles. He doesn't know what he's going to do. I used to say this about Ian Wright. You know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he was hard to play against because if he was doing it all on instinct, what hopes the fella got yeah, that's yeah, marking yeah. him? And and I do actually believe that at this moment, Yannick Balassi, if that was possible and is doable, wouldn't be the worst thing that Christian you know, This, is, this has never happened before, but I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I sold you, Kevin. Yeah, you sold me. Bring Thank him you. back. Bring <laughs> him back. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt he was a proper Crystal Palace player. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. hard to see him leave. Yeah, I mean, so we're, physically strong as well because yeah. we'd signed Andros just before that. Yeah, so we it was mouthwatering to think we had those. We did have yeah. those three on our books, yeah. and it was so, it was a bit you know you need those competition for places. So it was hard to see Yannick leave, but it was an amazing price, and it, we forgave it because the deal was great. I think if you said to me that Aya was going to go back to Swansea, and there's a space freed up to get Balassi and a striker. It would make total sense. Vincent Jensen. I just think it just if yeah, we I mean, occupy that, uh, you thinking it's a loan spot for Blassie again because of his contract? Yeah, I think so because you, the wage, the wages will be hefty. Yeah. and and again, given the points you've made about he's not been incredible at Villa and he's had the injury, you know, from a risk perspective, yeah, exactly. that's 
if I know Steve and the way that he works, and again, I've no knowledge of this in any way, but usually what he does is he would probably fix a price now with Everton and say, right, okay, if I want Yannick Bellassi in the summer, I want to be able to buy him for X million now. And then we've got a sort of try before you buy scenario. Because I think that's what he did with Wilfred. So, and we ended up, I think think Wilfred came for about a fifth of the money that they paid paid for for him. So it was incredible business. Okay, well, we'll find out about that in in just over a week because the window closes next Thursday. We might do our business before that, you never know. Who knows? Who knows? Could be a brave Over the weekend, we might sign three players like we should have done two weeks ago. (laughs) I wouldn't hold. I have to say, I know you're not a fan of our sporting director, Kevin. Uh, I see that. It, 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 from 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 doing, and I've had some experience of doing. Oh, don't bring, transfer, don't bring realism and, and transfer how difficult things are. I don't know how difficult these things are. Might you try and change his mind about him now? <laughs> no, no, no it, it's never as straightforward as just go and buy that bloke and you know get him now because everybody I, everybody yeah. is waiting. You know, and it's a domino effect. You know, they push the button on that one, which then means that one. But they don't decide until they really have to decide. That's your problem. Which is why a lot happens. Exactly. They all sit there and and go, right, I've got two days. Right, I've got to do it now. So we're going left or right or straight on. That's it. You know. All right. Well, speaking of a a signing we do expect to arrive, uh, Jack CPFC says, Do you reckon the club will announce Lucas Perry by signing by him eating Perry Perry chicken at the Mondays? (laughs) I mean, they'll miss a trick if they don't do that. Surely you'd think that'd be right up their street. Um, Let's move on from transfers then. Uh, A couple more questions for this pod. Rapping Ronnie Regan. Hi, Rap. Ronnie. Is that a reference to anything that I should know about? Ronnie Reagan, is that? Rapping Ronnie Reagan, yeah. Well, okay. Mm. Did, no. He wasn't known you know, for you that. Know he who, wasn't known for his rapping. You, you know <laughs> Ronnie Reagan yeah, was. the president. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Excuse you, I'll be worried there for a second. So you're um, very young. Very young. <laughs> yeah, but there are books on the internet. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah not, not worth reading. It says, um, <laughs> £8,000 fine for Klopp and uh, Santo. What would need to happen for Roy to leg it on the pitch? A Zimmer frame? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, he's, he's old, I He'd find never that, do that, would he? I find that I'd, I'd, I regret saying that because he's, uh, as all, with all the things I said about ages and earlier, and <laughs> yeah. that was a cheap shot, and I apologise, Roy. Um, it's, I've, I've thought it's slightly dispiriting that, man, I, you know, in the circumstance, I understand the rules, etc. same as taking your shirt off, but sat, I mean, Klopp ran, I mean, Santa just strolled around there and got, got there as quickly as he could and sort of ruffled somebody's head, didn't he? It wasn't the, yeah. And then walked back off again. It's like, I, when you see some of the tackles that players are getting away with and you see some of the dives that are getting, it's, I'd, I'd rather the, the Premier League took more note of that than people being enthusiastic about one most Salah potentially as well. What, the, for diving. Oh, do you know what? I, I didn't give a fly. I was more annoyed about Milner's tackles on Will. Yeah. Both of which, kind of everyone just laughed off. Oh, he got there as quickly as he could. They were horrible tackles. I thought the first one could have been a red. They were both horrible tackles. Oh, I and the, it the was. second The second mm. one could have really hurt him. I, there was contact. Salah did the same thing to us in the first game. You, you kind of, I listened to 606 on both Saturday and Sunday night when everyone's going mad about diving and you kind of go well someone's going to mention Wilf eventually it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. no one and all these players people like Chris Sutton are talking about diving it's disgrace we should be dead it's like and these are the same players who talk about if a goalkeeper leaves an arm trailing and that's his fault of course you put your leg out it goes on in football and, and nobody no one in the dressing room will be having a go at people I hate that I don't like diving but 
Milner's. I was more upset with what Milner, Milner did than with what yeah, yeah. Salah did. To Kev, be perfectly that's just honest, part yeah. of the game. But yeah. you know, everybody will seek any advantage they can get, whether you call it so gentlemanly is, or ungentlemanly. Yeah. It's part of the game, really. When there's and, so much and, at stake, and I think, yeah, I think that that. You know, we have to rely on the authorities, the referee, to decide yeah. whether it's a dive or not, and VAR eventually and stuff. But going back to your point, I think Roy, being old school and being a proper football man, would probably see running on the pitch as a coach as quite disrespectful yeah, to yeah, the opposition. Yeah, absolutely, I, I, absolutely, I do yeah, I personally, yeah. Yeah. and my experience of 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 you know working with Palace for all those years just even at youth team level and obviously we had some terrific players but your conduct you know you, you would be perturbed by the opposition sometimes in you know the haranguing the ref or or you know sort of encouraging players to do sort of I remember Wilfred funnily enough playing a youth team game for us at Aston Villa and uh Gordon Cowens, who was the, you're probably too young for him, Jim. You I, know Gordon I remember Cowans, Gordon yeah. Cowens. Yeah. I remember him. Won the European yeah. Cup with Villa in 82. Yeah. He was a good midfield player. Is he part of Derby? And I, I, had yeah. a, I had a bit of an altercation with him on the touchline. Wilfred, they couldn't get near him and they were kicking seven bells out of him and every challenge, I'm on the line sort of wincing and closing my eyes thinking, you can hear the contact every yeah, time yeah. they're kicking him as yeah. well and I'm like... And I, I sort of said to the referee during the stoppage in play, "Look, ref, I, I, you need to protect him. He's going to get hurt. You know, this is. You know, I can take the physical side, but this." And he came rattling into me, you know, and I and I suppose I'm being hypocritical because I'm always the one that said let the ref ref the game. But sometimes you have to do the right thing and and say well, the right thing, and that was the right thing. But I it, I. I, I I couldn't agree more, but my my point is with the the two managers. It's like if they if they were doing it every week, that would get tiresome. You'd have to stop them. But in the end, if you if your team has scored in the last seconds of the game, especially if it's a derby and they've scored a three goal, I don't really blame a manager for for having a little cloud. But and they're both really apologetic about it after they both accepted mm. their final. I'd, I'd much rather that happened every now and again yeah. than someone like Milner got away with hurting Wilf. Yeah. Every I now agree. and then, I think there are more important. I, I do agree yeah. enough, but I also I do think you're absolutely right that it is disrespectful and I, and it could cause I, it I, could cause trouble. Of course, it could cause I trouble. I just don't but, think but, it's the done thing. No, you know, I agree. To your I don't, opponent. I think and, yeah. and if you're a manager or coach and the yeah, opposition's yeah. manager or coach is there opposite you, I think you have to show yeah, I, some I, level of. I agree. Uh, well, I but always, there are emotions that run Of course, high, but yeah. there is etiquette, uh, Jim, with these people, yeah. and yeah. I know that you know I would never ever. That, you know, as much as you love your team or whatever, I could never say to you that I think it's the right thing to run on the pitch no, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And, and I know people say, oh, it kills the game and all that stuff, but it's just the fact you've then got to go in the manager's room and have a glass That's of wine with him afterwards <laughs> when you've made a bit of a What frustrates me about the diving thing so much is that Sky have spent a lot every year Sky ramp up the pressure they ramp up the intensity and the BBC do the same thing so of course when they're so desperate to win things yeah. then players are going to do what they have to do to win yeah. it because you know people talk about 
you know, the Liverpool Man City game was, was ramped up like it was the Champions League final, like it was the World, the World Cup final. But so Sky can't have it. But and then Sky, are the first people after as soon as going, oh, he's got, he's got to be banned for football. It's like, no, you're making him. You're the reason he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, there's so much money involved. There's so much prestige at stake, and it's like he's a striker. He does what he has to do. And of course, I hate it when other teams. But the trouble is, like all football fans, we all hate diving except when it's our players so that do it. I, mean, yeah. I was sat in this very seat straight after the Sellers fixture and I was, remember I was furious about the Salah thing yeah. and, well uh, I didn't think it was a pen at all no, no. You, like, I didn't so I was, um, what I th- so it was just you know more of the same on Saturday but I think where I see a difference in the, sl- the slur against Wilfs um, going down easy um, kind of allegations against Salas is Salas none of them are at pace they're always like flat footed. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's and a very good point. Yeah. He waits for a little knock yeah, and then yeah, yeah. there's a two second satellite so, yeah, delay yeah, yeah. before he goes down. Whereas yeah. Wolves are always at pace where, you know, yeah. he's trying his damnedest to just affect the game. Whereas I said, I remember saying the, the Salah one at Selhurst, he'd already put Skyed one when he was through over the bar. Yeah. Sacco had like robbed him on, uh, when he was through on goal as well. It just sort of looked like Salah this is thinking this is hard work. He's already behind his gold tally he's trying to catch up with his gold tally from yeah. last year yeah. and he's just and but Liverpool in general just seems to be a little bit more win at all costs like yeah. how did Van Dijk win a corner off of his header that yeah. Jules got nowhere near yeah. it's just Liverpool are just very yeah, entitled yeah. with the way that they're going about this season but it seems to be working for yeah. them but on just on the uh, Roy on the pitch thing I just had a uh, memory when this first surfaced with Klopp uh, Max and Barry on the Guardian podcast were debating that all Premier League managers should have a race from one side of the pitch to the other <laughs> and who would win. And they, they, they mentioned Roy saying he'd be at disadvantage, but they, they decided that, that uh, Wagner at the time would, would win because he looks like he's ready to run already and what he wears on the touchline. Maybe the new Huddersfield guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. they, they, would all, they would all beat Barry as well, <laughs> <laughs> including Hodgson. Trust me. They would, they would. <laughs> I think the diving thing, you know, in this country, we're quite old fashioned in the sense, and rightly so. You know, the gentlemanly nature of, of it is, you know, is ungentlemanly and it's not something that anybody would particularly like to stand behind. But I think, you know, on the continent, it's seen as part of the game. And if you, yeah, if you can, yeah, if you can con a foul or, or con the referee, you know, their approach is the referee referees the game, he decides. Yeah. You're not the judge and jury, you're there to, yeah. to play the game and, and what happens, happens. So I, I, I must admit... It doesn't anger me because it's any advantage that yeah. they can gain. I don't do I like it or think it's right. No, but Celsius, you know who it's part of the ju- game. Judge and jury of this podcast. Who? This guy right here. And does that mean you and want he's to stop? Decided it's time for part three, where we're going to preview Palace's FA Cup fourth round fixture against Tottenham. Welcome back to the Fabio Pam podcast. Hey. Oh, we uh, Pod two seventy eight sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to Vector Cody K. Vector weather. Okay. And well done. And JCIS, a global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-ars.com. I will. Nicely done. That was, that was excellent. Um, Some, right. Someone's got to show the youngsters how to do it. <laughs> to be fair, I thought Jesse oh, recovered there with the uh, K. The so. first five yards are in the head. <laughs> come around after my, sp- my spike tea. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Tottenham at home on Sunday, Kevin. Uh, fourth round. Uh, Clarence Gunther. Hi, Clarence. I said, will Roy name a strong team for this FA Cup game against Spurs? That's a really interesting question. I, I, 
I hope the crowd's as big as the game against Grimsby, which I was totally... Yeah. Totally taken. It sold out. As I was completely taken aback by how big the Fantastic Palace. Fantastic that was. Well, but it's great. But I, I think it. I think that indicates to Roy, hopefully, that Palace fans always look upon the cup as something slightly, to use the cliche word, magical. I think. I think if Roy's got any, I mean, this is if ever we're going to beat Tottenham. Yeah. Again. Yeah. This is going to be the time because my theory is that that Pochettino's just going to look at that and just say, "We'll just rest everybody." Just I. I, I think the FA Cup, given all, all the. the the fronts they're fighting on. Yeah. I think the FA Cup is probably going to be the, there'll be, I think there'll be an interesting indication tomorrow night in the Carabao Cup game, what he's going to do, but I wouldn't be surprised if he plays a quite a weakened team. Uh, you know, they didn't look that good against Fulham on Sunday and that was with Dele Alli. So what I'd, I'd really hope that Roy will play, and he su- surprised me with some of the players he picked against, but I, d- I hope he does play a team that wants to go out and win it. I because don't think we have we... any reason not to. No, because if we do, we're in the fifth round. It gives everybody else a lift again. Yeah, and then with a couple of players coming in, I think it's. I mean, it's important to. Be... If if it was Carlisle, then I'd probably say no. But against Tottenham, I think that you... I don't think you can underestimate the psychological victory of uh, of wins against these sort of teams, even if they got players missing. So Jesse, on that, then can I put this question to you from Norman Brody? I know. Who says, should we go out of the FA Cup and focus staying on the league? Well, <laughs> those, are they, those things aren't really mutually exclusive, though, are they? Oh, it's, it's set up for us to have a good go at it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Spurs are missing all the main threats. I think Ali's out now, as well Ali's as Kane, yeah, Kane and Son. Kane, Son. Mora. Mora. So, I think Mora might be back. Yeah. I think no, he's I close. And Tim and Sissoko right. are close, I think. So... And added to that, we haven't really got our B team that usually plays these fixtures. We've sent them all out. Yes. <laughs> we haven't got it. There's no one, there's no option. No one left. So we've sort of put ourselves on the corner there. Um, I just think we've got to have a go, haven't we? Well, look, speaking of the lineup, then, Selzy, can I put you a, a question to you about our goalkeeper on Sunday from someone called Dr. Speroni? Oh, Dr. Speroni. Dr. Speroni. Regulation okay. of Julian, maybe, um, do we know? Don't think so. Um, and they've said, uh, evening, lads, do you think Julian should play Saturday? Yes. Um, Sunday, yeah. Um, can't play Saturday because there's no game um, if Lucas Perry has joined us by then I think we should give Julian another chance after all he's given to the club over the years also I feel it's a big ask for Perry with little to no first team experience yeah your thoughts I think that's a I think it's 100% I'd be surprised if if Julian is the only fit goalkeeper and Lucas Perry's here I'd be very surprised if he didn't play Julian and very disappointed frankly you know and again like I said to you a handling error on Sunday doesn't suddenly mean he can't keep goal anymore. You know, it's not because of the nature of it happening in his comeback game and his age and it being Liverpool and the profile and all that. It's easy to to get carried away with thinking, oh, this bloke's a liability or he can't do it. He wouldn't be there, much as people might. I read some some of his detractors saying it's all about sentiment and this is the Premier League and all that. You don't actually think that that any Premier League club puts players in their squad on the basis of yeah. sentimentality. I mean, it's just also the pressure. I think it would it would affect the atmosphere right from the start. You remember the ga- I agreed. You yeah. remember the game against Liverpool when McCarthy started. Yeah, when Hennessy was out and everyone was saying, "Will Julian play?" He started McCarthy and just it was a sigh when he's when he's and then McCar- only kicked it to yeah, and then McCarthy he slipped. Yeah. McCarthy made the mistake, and if Julian had made that mistake, everyone would have got behind him but instead they just turned him so and also imagine the pre- I mean what message would that send out to, to Julian yeah 
that you bring a kid literally, it would be off the plane who's never played football before. No. Imagine the... He's never played a senior game, is he? He's never played a competitive senior football game. And suddenly he's playing Tottenham with or without yeah. Harry Kane. And imagine the pressure it puts on him. I don't know what his English is like, but he won't have had time to play with the, any of the back four. Also, I think the, the defenders will be looking at Hodgson. What are you doing? So I, I don't yeah. think there's any chance that he's not. No, I agree. Unless we bring no. in like Garth Crooks, that wonderful <laughs> bit of magic with Garth Crooks said, why don't we be a goalkeeper alone? Well, you've never met Dougie Freeman, have you? But, uh. <laughs> but, but, but no, I think Julian, I'd be amazed if Julian doesn't start. Kev, I'm yeah. absolutely staggered from reading some of the things that I do and I torment myself at times by reading such ill-informed nonsense from from fans you know and I, I guess I've seen it you know working the football business having worked inside the football club a long time you know all these different aspects of the game and people you know the one thing I notice about Palace fans and I, again I'm sure it's not just exclusive to us but they just want whoever's not there you know it's like uh, oh yeah yeah he's gonna play because he's brilliant I, I read today i saw i read some something today or i think it was on twitter or or something i was eating a, a sandwich at lunchtime and it was like yeah i saw him i know he hasn't played a senior game lucas perry but i saw his instagram account and he looks oh. quality do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, remember saw lots of youtube, you know, saw lots of YouTube yeah, highlights yeah, but, but it's just <laughs> but they don't you know these people they they have these kind of things about players and and they somebody reads something or says something and suddenly everything is kind of hyped and they don't often recognize what they've got you know and yeah. and, and and how lucky they are to have what they've got because you know it's the same old same old I'm afraid and and it still drives me insane every week the wedding and funeral shout that I'm uh, well known ding, for ding, ding. but it is isn't it if we win we're great and if we it's lose true, everyone's yeah. hopeless and get yeah, rid yeah. of them all I can't yeah. I just cannot cannot you know if people ran football clubs like these fans react to defeats and stuff you know you, you'd sack the manager every seven days you know you'd, you'd dump 60% of your squad every transfer window Works because yeah, but, <laughs> and Watford but, uh, <laughs> but it's very just it, this sort of idea that anyone but all the time which yeah. seems to be a very yeah, yeah, you know sort point, of things I read you know oh put put Joe Tupper in goal or put Dion Curtis Henry in goal somebody saying that have they any idea how good these people yeah, are yeah. how capable they are they've never seen them do you know it's just you know it's well it's ludicrous. the same way as, uh, as JCIS says with his head in his hands every, as each week goes by more and more Palace fans are saying I can't wait for Menteke to get yeah. back yeah because as each week goes by and he doesn't play he becomes a better player well you right? do so, yeah, it's so, yeah. absolutely yeah. 100% well, Benteke, you know, maybe maybe this will be a game for him on Sunday you know, yeah. who oh. knows but I, I think it'll be Julian and goal and I think it'll be a fairly strong team and Martin Kelly will probably pop up and get the winner again as yeah. per three years ago well, be good goals, well. get him a Wembley suit ready then Jim well, there you go. I, I like, I like uh, that in, in Swedish they call it feast or famine yeah <laughs> 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 did you use that on the Anfield Index or whatever it's called <laughs> did they, were they with their half and half scarves while they were talking to you or not they're good guys yeah <laughs> well Isamar I've done a lot of stuff with the Anfield rap but even they say since that new stand it's astonishing how many continental fans oh, yeah. I've got to say it was staggering on Saturday yeah. you know just the tourists got in a got in a cab, yeah, and there were two fellas at the rank saying, "Oh, you going into the to the ground?" Yeah, got in both Dutch fellas yeah. following Liverpool. Then uh, one was at the station, went in the hotel next door for some food before the train. Two Swedish fellas, yeah. you know, at the, it's just I didn't hear too many Scouse accents. I have to say, oh, I've but, just one uh, the drunk, the one the 
most drunk I've ever been was when I flew to Oslo to fly back with some Norwegian Liverpool fans. Yeah. Just, just astonishing. I, I, it's, one, yeah. it's just one thing I can never understand about why would anybody want to follow a football club that that they have no connection with or because well, they, it's partly in their own country they, they don't have it's, yeah, but it's, they've got this obsession they've got this partly because during the 70s and 80s English league games were shown live in Scandinavia so they've got this they love English football culture and sometimes in a, in a reactionary they, they're sort of stuck in the 80s they love they love fan culture they love scarves and chants and singing and also because they own a lot of money in Scandinavia so they've got enough money to fly to follow the club. So they they just love everything and about the English. Good then. Uh, yeah, well, basically that's it. Well, that's what I say. United fan, we got they a love fair Spurs f- too, don't they? They do. Yeah, yeah. they love. So they they loved. There's so many Palace fans, foreign Palace fans we know. So well, we watched yeah. them play with Dad and so, yeah. so, I'll just, so that's what. But there's no. There's no. I just think your club is a reflection of where you come from and what you are. And but they don't play because, football for half. That's the no, trouble. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 so. Here in Oslo, they've got Valerenga or, or yeah, whoever yeah, it is. Right, so yeah, you know, support Valerenga because that's your team. That's where you come from. That's what it's about. If Grey Jogging I mean, Bottoms is listening to this in Hungary, <laughs> don't, don't take any notice of him. What's, don't take notes of the nasty man. You, su- you support who you want. You're fine. <laughs> Never, yeah. Look, and what, you in Finland. Let's be fair, Kev. They're not following us for the glory, are they? That's for sure. They follow for the same reason. I just wondered the next wave of, of or the next generation will be swapping nationalities during the World Cup you know I'll, I'll support Liverpool and Brazil because I think they've got the best yeah. chance of winning so it's, it's, uh, I'll support whoever I get in the sweepstake no, <laughs> so, it's, uh, it's unlucky like, Panama I'm right, not let's it. wrap up the pod there you got one last yeah, thing when are Spurs playing Chelsea tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what lineup they put out. Exactly. Well, tomorrow I think Thursday, given, given it, they've got one nil advantage. They're going to go hard to protect that. Yeah. So Sunday, we Could might get a bit of a hangover. Hopefully, um, but, but it will be an indication of I, I, their priority is going to be the Carabao Cup rather than the FA Cup. I think. Well, and then close. after that, it's the Champions, Champions League. League. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't think they would mind. In the same way that you could see when Liverpool equalised against Wolves, you could see it's the first time Klopp was looking at his watch going, what are you doing? What are you doing that for? It's not in a plan. So I don't, think, I don't think Tottenham or their fans would be that fussed about. Well, they've got three three derbies in a week. They're, and they've got Chelsea, yeah. us and Watford yeah. next week, midweek. So. There, there's a few all Premier League games, isn't there? On Saturday, oh, Arsenal playing Man United. Arsenal, Man United so Friday, Friday, night. Friday night. Yeah, yeah. but what I'm saying One is, football. I think four or five teams went out in the last round. And if there's yeah, yeah, Palace, yeah. Tottenham, Arsenal, yeah. Man United, I mean, some big hit. Liverpool have gone out. Some big hitters. Yeah, could go out, and you know we could end up if we're lucky enough to get through. Touchwood, um, that we might have a couple of draws, rounds five and six against. Knowing Lower us, we'll division get, knowing or us, we'll less get the opposite. winner of Arsenal United. Well, we will get to that bridge when it happens. When slash if slash when it happens. Oh, guys, thanks very much for being on the pod. Welcome. Thank you. My pleasure. And thank you to all our listeners and for all your questions. Please keep sending them in. Um, the extra pod will be with you from Southampton. Free no, pod. from Spurs and Southampton next week. So keep an eye out for that if you're part of our patron club. And in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you again very soon. Goodbye.
When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh, sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at Orlando for Business. Sports Social Podcast Network.